0: They source the best ingredients from all around the world. And I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month.
1: Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com
0: and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. Escape to Summer with Victoria's Secret's Just Arrived collection of Swim and other sun-ready silhouettes.
1: Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or
2: online at victoriasecret.com. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You like to
3: watch
0: new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time.
1: Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first class luxury meets world-class drama.
0: A new season of the Kardashians starring, well, the Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman,
1: Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean.
0: It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu.
4: This is Teddy Teapod with Teddy Mellencamp.
0: Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Teddy Teapod. I am so excited to be hosting with one of my besties. Matt and I asked him um how would you like me to introduce you? Um and he said not only as your bestie but also screenwriter extraordinaire and the next Gary Janetti." I'm dead, Matt. You I mean, hello? You
5: know, people
4: often say that to me and the first time I heard it was actually when I text it to you. And it's just put it out in the universe. Put it out. Perfect. There.
0: Let's put it on our vision boards. Um, It it, it could happen. It could happen.
4: Gary listens to this, right?
0: Well, we'll send him this episode for sure. (laughs) So he knows we are his biggest fans. Um, So this week we are going to be digging into Fake Famous, Britney, Hillary versus Hilaria, all of the things. Um, First, we're going to bring on Annabelle Dunn and Nick Bilton, who did fake famous. Annabelle is an Emmy nominated documentary film producer who works in partnership with Graydon Carter, who I went to his wedding, by the way. And Nick Bilton is a special correspondent for Vanity Fair, where he writes about technology, politics, business, and culture. Can you manufacture an influencer? All the things. So my first question for you guys is how did you come up with this idea?
5: Uh, <laughs> I'll start with that. So I, um, I was working at Vanity Fair and Graydon Carter was my editor at the time and Graydon and Annabelle have worked on, uh, films before together and, uh, and Graydon said, oh, we should do a documentary on influencer culture. And I'd written about bots a lot, um, on- online and I said, oh, I could make an influencer in 10 minutes, just kind of tongue in cheeking it a little bit and he said well that's our documentary and that was essentially how it all began quite frankly
4: <laughs> what did, were you in, in was your goal beginning going into it to show that the world of influencers is more of a of a facade was that a goal from the very beginning
5: oh i mean Definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, when you there, there, it was two parts of it. The first one was that when you look at the research that has been done, you know, we cited in the film, these longitudinal studies where they ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, you know, 40 years ago, it was teacher, doctor, lawyer, astronaut. Then it became, you know, basketball player, actor in the 80s and 90s. It started to kind of veer a little bit into reality TV stuff. And now 87% of kids say they want to be a famous influencer more than any other occupation on the planet. In America, in China, they, they still want to be astronauts. So they <laughs> haven't been completely destroyed over there yet. Um, but so when you look at that, it's that's one set of numbers. And on, on the other side of it, there's another set of numbers where when you look at the number of people on Instagram and the number of followers they have, you know, I was looking actually last night. Uh, 19.5% of all Instagram accounts have over 100,000 followers, right? Uh, 7% or so are over a million. So you're looking at essentially 200 and something million people who are considered a famous influencer. That number is just complete nonsense. It's It's impossible for that many people, half of the population of the United States to be influencers. And so, Something doesn't add up here. Uh, And that was essentially what we wanted to kind of, you know, look at.
0: And for some of our listeners, what would you say makes somebody an influencer?
5: There are different types of influencers, right? We talk about this in the film. There's there's micro-influencers that have, you know, 5,000 followers, 15,000 followers. And then they go up to the Kim Kardashian level that have, you know, 200 million. But I think that across the board all of them have some fake followers, you know, and, and in many respects, millions and millions of them. And and, and, and that's essentially what we were showing in the film. We, we took three people who had no followers whatsoever. They had a thousand followers or so. And they, um, we showed, you know, that you can buy them bots and you can buy them likes and you can buy them comments and you can do some fake photos and their lives change as a result of it. And we got Dominique, one of the women in our film, We got her to 350,000 followers and and 349,000 of them are not real.
0: So I have a question on that because I had to stalk Dominique a little bit, you know, (laughs) after I watched the documentary as one does when they go deep down all the rabbit holes. So what I noticed is that she would have high engagement on likes, but not as many comments. So is that a common thing when you have bots? Like the bots don't necessarily comment on you. They will, they'll like your pictures, but the comments aren't as high. Is that how you can spot a bot?
5: Well, we, uh, Annabelle and I had long long discussions about how to spot a bot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's like, you look, when you, bu- you buy the followers, right? And you can buy all different levels and kinds and you can buy some that are, that are really, really engaging, and they're more expensive. And you can buy some that are just really bad followers. Um, And, um, and I think that, but that, but then you have to start buying the likes and the comments, right. And so each time you post you, you got to get people fake accounts to like your content to make it look like you have. So if you have 994,000 followers, and you only get you know, a hundred likes, people are going to think something's fishy. So, you know, with your account, you'd have to make it seem like, oh, I get like 10 to 15,000 likes per post. Maybe with the exception of some that go higher. And then of course you need the comments and the comments are actually the most expensive because it's a little bit more work for the for the bots to- For the to...
0: bots. Does somebody run the bots? Like the bots just guess on their own what to say? I'm confused on how the bots know what to say. That would make sense.
5: There are three different kinds of them that you can use. One is where you say, um, well, it's four different kinds. There's one where you say comment, auto comment on the, this person's posts with just emojis, and that's like you do that because then you can kind of get away with the BS a little bit. Um, there's others that say, you know, comment with real with with just words, and and you know, usually they're like simple things like "you look amazing" or uh, "or beautiful post" or uh, one that was really funny that that um, Dominique kept getting was "I love your curly hair," even though she had straight hair. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So they they're not very smart, but then you can actually there's a next level where you can pay. There's this website called um, uh, Wolf Global where you can pay a little more money and you get real people uh, that are commenting on on your posts. And um, and but it but, it you know, that it adds up. So we we tried to like limit, you know, we had a certain budget. So we tried to limit the the number of, uh, of posts that people commented on.
6: I think it helps to, if you visualize yourself in the most crowded marketplace you've ever been, and you're like in a huge bazaar and you're walking through and there's people yelling at you like over here, look at this, what I have for you. And over here, like we were just trying to show this is such a big economy and there's so many different levels of it. And you can, you can get into whatever level you want. And I know that, you know, Nick got ripped off sometime, but I think I could say for both of us, like. Overwhelmingly, the bot dealers were great. I mean, we we liked them. They were nice. Yeah. They were just trying to do a business. They were actually like very honest and always trying to give deals. Sometimes we got ripped off, but like Nick spent so much time on these different chat rooms with these different people selling bots, none of whom we ever met. Many of whom are in far-flung places we will never go. But it is a marketplace, it's a thriving economy. So we were really just trying to show, like there's this whole other level going on underneath
0: what you see when you're on
6: Instagram that is this whole other
5: world.
0: What surprised you guys the most with making this? Like were were there any big shockers or were you like, oh, this is what we thought?
5: I think for me, what was so, there was two things that were surprising. The first one was, I had written about bots before. I was a reporter at the New York Times for, for 10 years. I was at Vanity Fair for five years. And I'd, I wrote very early on in the life cycle of social media. You know, I wrote some of the very first stories on uh, and in some instances, the first stories in some of these companies and covered them as they morphed and changed and everything. I wrote the book on Twitter and things like that. And I'd written about bots and I knew they existed. And I'd even like experimented with my own bot farm at one point where I had, 30 little baby bots that I looked after uh, um, until Twitter killed them because they're not very nice. Um, But I, I didn't realize just how everything is for sale. Like you could literally buy anything as far as, if there was a number on the internet, you can purchase it. You can purchase Yelp reviews. You can purchase, you know, listeners on iHeartRadio. You can purchase, you know song downloads on iTunes and and Spotify you can purchase bids on eBay just anything and and the bots are everywhere and they you know they are driving political discussions in many respects and and it's one thing to like read about it and to see it on the periphery but to 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 be up close and in it and realizing that these bot dealers are making they call themselves the the underbelly of the internet, the bo- the bottom feeders of the internet, and they make tens of millions of dollars on these bot farms. And I think it was pretty shocking to see that. And the other thing that was really shocking to me was I had assumed like, okay, like influence to culture, not a big deal. It's not really harming society that much. It's just a bunch of people pulling the wool over some brand's eyes. And what I came away from at the very end was realizing that influencer culture is much worse. It is a culture that is designed to make you feel bad about yourself so that you wanna live this person's life that's not real. Um, You know, the only way you're gonna feel better about your life is to go on this vacation or buy this product that I got for free or whatever it is. And I think that uh, there was this huge realization that like, actually this is making us feel so much worse about ourselves than we actually realize.
4: I, I, I know Wiley, you know, had anxiety over it, but as, as a gay guy, I kind of could understand what he was going through. Cause with, at at least for gay influencers, especially male gay influencers, it's usually so much about the body. So it does, it really, you know, you're scrolling through and it's just all these people who are just projecting what a body should look like. And I really do feel like that affects people. So I like that you honed in on that. Um, to say that like how it can affect people mentally, just scrolling through Instagram and seeing these people giving us a lifestyle that's not real or it's not attainable for most of us and it's not attainable for even them. So I, I like that that was a perspective that you were giving to people.
5: It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't something we, we. I mean, when when we sat down, when Annabelle and I sat down and like we, we were thinking about like this film and we said like, look, there's a version of this where this fails dismally, it doesn't work. Uh, and there's a version of it where it works In the version where it fails, it's it's not, it's a five minute part of the film. And it ended up being the other version where it was the film. And and we were so lucky that I think, you know, in it, when you're, when, you know, in, in the middle of it and you're like, should we cut this person from the film? They're not, they made their account private, like it's all these things. And then um, we were really lucky that the three people we we chose, took three very different routes uh, and three three different stories.
0: How'd you go into choosing those three? Because you saw all different types of people with big personalities, you know, in the casting room. So how did you choose those
6: three? Well, um... What's funny is we worked with a, you know, a casting agency to help us. We had so many submissions um, and we needed to fit them all into one day. It's, It's funny because on the one hand, you're casting this film, but on the other hand, you're documenting the casting. So we couldn't have like a week of casting. I couldn't afford to shoot every day. So we needed to all condense it into one day where we could film this process. So I think that, you know, Nick can speak to, to it better, but I think we really connected with each of those three kids as they walked in and they were each so much themselves and they were so on kind of LA and they were not polished. I mean, Dominique was very open about wanting to be an actress, but Chris and Wiley were from other worlds. And we really, really wanted to, to get people that had absolutely no kind of, experience in this world and would just let us throw them in and also like they all were very understanding about the long game and none of them had set out wanting to be influencers at least initially
5: right i think it was what was really interesting is you know we got we put out a casting call we said do you want to be famous that was the only thing we asked we didn't say anything else and we got five thousand submissions like almost like a bomb (laughs) went off um and um and we, you know, narrowed them down as best we could, and we brought them all in the room, and and it was kind of like that scene out of um, Flashdance, you know, where she's yeah. getting ready to dance in front of the judges, and we were the judges, um, and we just filtering people in, and we kept asking people, we asked them the same questions, like how many follows you have? Oh, I have three hundred. I have a thousand. I have this, whatever. And we've said, do you want to be famous? And and the the answers were just like comical in some respects. They were like, oh, yes, I want to be famous so I can make the world a better place. And I want to be famous so I can influence people and make them here. And like and Chris was like, no, I don't want to be famous. And I remember like everyone looking up being like, well, what is he doing here? And he goes, I deserve to be famous. <laughs> I <know. laughs> and I was like, oh, that guy is definitely going to be part of the. Uh, and so um but we also you know we 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 narrowed it down to around 20 people and uh that all would have been amazing in their own right but we wanted to really ensure that we didn't pick like there was a basketball player who played for the harlem globetrotters like we didn't want to pick that guy because it's like people probably would be know too easy it already. it's not it's not an experiment when the person already has a following And so that was that was really an important prerequisite
0: I mean, I think the craziest thing to me is you can essentially be famous without having a certain talent or, you know, I, even, even for when it comes to myself, not that I'm famous or whatever it may be, but I wanted to be an actor as a kid, like growing up, I thought I wanted to be an actor. I got a couple of big rejections and I was like, well, I'm done. You know, like, I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't feel good. I don't enjoy it. Cut to, I'm, you know, 37 years old on a reality television show. Like, all right, let's go for it. (laughs) Let's figure it out. And putting myself, you know, on Instagram, trying to be as authentic as I possibly can. But like, that also comes with a whole other set of responsibility, a whole other set of, like, you have to really grow almost a thicker skin than you'd have by going to auditions for... (laughs) you know an actual talent because people just uh, feel so comfortable over us like over a screen or a keyboard to just attack in any possible way that they can.
5: Oh, I think that this is, you know, look, there are tremendous downsides to the world we live in today with technology. There's upsides, but there's 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 tremendous downsides and I think that you know there there on the one hand you've got what you what Matt was mentioning with, you know, Wiley and the anxieties and depression and things that he went through and, and teens today are going through that everywhere all the time, you know, um, you look at the graphs or the rise of social media and the same graphs are there for the rise of teen depression, teen suicide, teen bullying, all these things. I mean, look, we all here are, have dealt with that anxiety and that intensity and that bullying and we're adults can you imagine what it's like for teens? I can't even comprehend what it's yeah. like. And I think the thing that's so frustrating to me is in all these instances, whether it's like someone going after you on, on social media or or the fact that you know everyone is obsessed with how many comments and likes and followers and this, that, and the other, the responsibility is on the tech companies and the tech companies truly have zero intention upon fixing this because if they fixed it, use the numbers would go down. And if they use the numbers go down, their stock goes down and then they don't make as much money. And that is all they care about at the end of the day.
4: Well, there was that moment Instagram was
5: debating, right? Taking away so that you could see the likes. It was, of- so it's funny you, you bring that up. They were debating taking away likes Not because they wanted to help society and be better people and help that little old lady across the street. The reason they were doing it was because they were serving up more ads on the platform. So most people will go on Instagram and they'll scroll through 10 photos, right? And then they like get bored and off they go for five minutes before they come back and do it again. So when they started to implement more ads, you would see seven photos and three ads, and you're obviously not going to like. The ads as much and so people like Kim Kardashian were complaining that their likes were going down and so they implemented this like oh we won't show you the number of likes um pretending that they really cared but really it was just another way for them to make more money Oh, that's interesting
0: and I and I know that we have to like break in two minutes but I have one question to kind of close out how do we protect our kids people coming up in this world from this like how do you open that conversation with your kids as they start getting into the world of social media or learning about influencers or wanting to TikTok? like what do you how would you recommend us doing that
6: well i think you know that was our montage at the end too showing all those little kids um i think that you know we never we did not intend to upset anyone in a direct way we're not trying to make influencers Feel bad. We are simply trying to open a conversation here and give people a deeper understanding of what's going on in this world. And I think that's always a good place to start with young people: is give them a better sense of the big picture out there of what's really going on with their favorite so-and-sos, and and, you know, just what the bigger world is, and give them tools to understand what's at play, and that not everything looks ever. You know, it looks polished; it's never that way behind. And that's true in life and online. What
5: else, Nick? I think that, you know, I think that we there's a great line from Barton Day Thurston, who is a, a talking head in the film where he says, um, you know, when it comes to most things in, in in life, we protect our kids. You know, we don't let them drive until they're old enough. We don't let them get alcohol until they're old enough. We try to keep them away from guns. We we do all these things to protect them. And when it comes to technology and social media, we've left them to the wolves. And I think that government it moves so slowly they have no idea what's happening with technology and technology moves so quickly the 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 traditional gatekeepers just aren't there and I think that that what I realized in the film was I had always thought oh when when your kids are teenagers you got to sit them down and like explain that that the birds and the bees and also that technology is bad and so social media and I realized making the film that you got to do it when they're like three and four years old like you really have to it's it, you're teaching them about technology at that age. They're learning about YouTube and phones and screens. And I think that that is the age that you really have to start to teach kids that that thing they're seeing on that device is not necessarily real and sometimes can be pretty dangerous
0: that's really smart i mean one of the biggest influence their influencers there is is like 10 years old right the toy review guy yeah so (laughs) it's just crazy but i thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing with us how do people find you and find out more information
5: uh well don't don't bother finding us because we don't really use social media these days (laughs) (laughs) that track that makes unless you want to go leave some negative comments which i'm not going to see but go for it um (laughs) but uh um you should watch the film it's called fake famous it's on hbo max um you can't miss it it's against a giant pink back wall um, pink wall um and uh yeah thank you so much for having us on the show you
0: like to watch the new stuff right well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like vanderpump villa
1: the new docudrama starring lisa vanderpump
0: But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long.
1: So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What? 3510300 and follow the climbing in heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast.
1: Do you want zero dollar delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by
0: DoorDash. You won't regret it. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, groceries from across town, or anything in between. Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member subject to change. Terms apply.
1: Hi, it's Tamara Judge, co-owner of Vena CBD, where our mission is your health and wellness. At Vena, we understand life's daily challenges, and that's why we offer a range of CBD products designed to help you find balance and feel your best. Whether you're struggling with stress, sleep, or just looking for a daily wellness boost, we've got you covered. If you struggle getting a good night's sleep like me, listen up. I started sleeping better right away when I started taking Lights Out Sleep Gummies before bed. Our best sellers, like the Cloud9 Mood Enhancing Gummy and our Lights Out Sleep Gummy are made with the highest quality of ingredients, grown right here in the USA, ensuring that you get all the benefits without any compromise. And we stand by our products. Not only are they third-party tested for quality, but we also offer a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Experience the difference with Vena CBD and take the first step towards a more balanced you. Visit venacbd.com today and explore our range of products. And for our podcast listeners, enjoy an exclusive discount on your first order. Just use the code Teapot T-E-A-P-O-D, at checkout for buy one, get one free.
0: Next, we have the co-host of Wondery's podcast series, Even the Rich. And they did a four-part Free Britney series. And you know how I feel.
4: Oh, yeah. We all <laughs> went to Free Britney.
0: I feel like there's, like, not enough hours in the day to do all of the research that I've tried to do within <laughs> since I've watched the, the framing Britney Spears doc. Yeah, And uh, you guys have dedicated a lot of time. So I figured Matt and I need to bring <laughs> you guys on to, to help us.
7: We'd love to.
0: I mean, the the craziest thing kind of watching it to me was definitely just all of the things that the press and the media brought out of, of Britney and all of the harmful things that like we did and yeah. we we witnessed, we watched, we were a part of, we were rooting on. Like you know, like it's just yeah, it's so unsettling to me. Yeah.
8: yeah. That was truly my first thought was just watching this and remembering seeing her in the headlines, like particularly when she shaved her head, like that was huge. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm buying people magazine, I'm getting caught up in this. And it's just like, we are part of the problem. The paparazzi don't get me wrong very much to blame, but we're buying these things, giving the mark, making the market for them. And it's just, it's heartbreaking
7: to see what was done to her. Yeah. The paparazzi thing, especially the paparazzo that they interviewed in the doc. <laughs> Like at the beginning, I was like, OK, he sees what he did. Like he's yeah. he's remorseful. And then he's like, well, she never told us to leave her alone. And the producer's <laughs> like, what about when she said, leave me alone? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, oh, but that she just meant for like five minutes. I was like, what is this guy talking about?
4: For the day, leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, all- Come back tomorrow. It's
8: fine. <laughs> <laughs> a, it's like you're literally filming her as she's clearly distraught and you're like she she doesn't really mean it she hasn't told us yeah. truly to go away it's like I'm sorry read the room buddy <laughs>
7: really but, I was- mean
0: it was so and then when I saw the part that like the 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 money shot where she's like you know upset with the umbrella and all the things that yeah. she'd like just left Ke- Kevin Federline's house she had like wanted to see her kids I was like this is like devastating the mm-hmm. fact that all she did was take that umbrella and <laughs> go after I- the car is shocking
7: yes yeah oh my god she's stronger than i am
0: yeah well and you
8: think about like any day where you just have had a bad day which everyone has had and it's like imagine that like infantismally multiplied and then you have paparazzis <laughs> in your face and it's like of course i mean she's so tame compared to what other people would be doing in that situation
4: yeah yeah i mean it's just some days you wake up and you're like cat your <laughs> yeah. don't look at me because exactly. watching her. um you guys did a lot of research right so you did yeah. a deep dive into all of this do you was there anything in the new york times doc that you felt they missed or they glazed over or they didn't hit on that that the public yeah. should be knowledgeable yeah
7: well i mean so with every series we do we kind of go back to the beginning when mm-hmm. they're children and just kind of talk about why they are who they are now and we talked a lot about jamie and his drinking and how he was verbally abusive he was terrible to her and her mom and when Brittany actually made some money she bought her mom a plot of land and was like you can you can put a house on this land there's no budget do whatever you want my only request is that you don't put my dad's name on it because he had like started this gym he had filed for bankruptcy and so like at an early age she was already very leery of her father and I think that was kind of missed in the documentary just I mean we all know Jamie's not great but I think we really kind of touched on how not great he really is
4: yeah and it's over with
0: yeah but like even Sam uh, like her boyfriend's quote which was like I've always wanted nothing but the best for my better, better half and will continue to support her following her dreams and creating the future she wants and deserves Then he comes back and like doubles down like a day later and goes, now it's important for people to understand that I have zero respect for someone trying to control our relationship and constantly throwing obstacles in our way without mincing words. Sam added, in my opinion, Jamie is a total dick.
7: Yeah. Sam Um, Lutfi said that or her current Sam, her her boyfriend, boyfriend Sam. Okay.
0: So, but like, my question is how did it get, to be her father in the first place like why would he ever be the one to get her conservatorship yeah well I mean
8: obviously we're not anywhere near this actual situation (laughs) but from an outside looking in it just seemed like he is an opportunist like she was clear clearly going through something and a lot of it I think was the result of what the media like put her through and he I think just saw an opportunity of like, you know, I'm her dad and that in and of itself, just by, you know, creating a person, you be, you have this level of like expectation of being able to help them and take care of them. There's that assumption. And I think he just kind of seized it. And I I really, there was the quote in the documentary from one, one woman who said, like, the only thing she'll say about him is what he said. And he was like, she's going to make me rich or something. And I just thought that was so telling because it really... Mm-hmm feels like. And you look at like how much money he's getting. It doesn't seem like it's about what she actually needs and what's good for her. It's about how can he leverage himself to get what he wants the most. Yeah.
0: But then I also started stalking the Lou Taylor (laughs) situation and Sam Lufty. And now I'm confused (laughs) because Not only did this happen with Britney, then they went to work with Courtney or I don't know how they both ended up with Courtney Love, but both Lou Taylor and Sam Lefty were with Courtney Love. Mm -hmm. And then Lou Taylor was also with Lindsay Lohan Mm -hmm. and then Sam Lefty was stalking her. So like, were they a team?
7: That's (laughs) I guess that's a good theory. I mean, we never really uncovered that, but I have my own theory. I feel like Sam Lefty was kind of seeing the things that Jamie was doing and possibly Lou Taylor because we kind of t- we kind of touched on Lou Taylor approaching Jamie and saying, "You know what? I think we should do this conservatorship." And mm-hmm. she did the same thing with Lindsay Lohan and Courtney Love. And I think Sam was kind of blowing the whistle on this a little bit and they were like, "Nope, let's get a restraining order against him. Let's, you know, let's talk about how terrible he is. He's hiding Britney's dog. He's controlling her life." And part of me wonders if they were just making that up to make him look bad because he was onto them. But that's. that's
0: well, I felt me. that way too until last night I went on to Courtney loves page. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she has all these lawsuits against him allegedly mm-hmm. because yeah. he was stalking her and doing all of these things. So it's like, I, I just, it's so convoluted and there's so yeah. much going on where really you just, feel bad that somebody who's especially inspired so many artists who was like yes. the mega pop star, like who was just so sweet and kind. And like, you just loved growing up watching her and yeah. be involved with so many people that just want to take advantage. I mean, yeah.
4: could it have been both? Could it have been that Sam Lefty and her father kind of were both fighting for control of her yeah. and kind of manipulating her for their own benefit, yeah. right? Yeah, so could maybe have been both sides. Yeah, that's possible. Like they were both trying to do the same I thing. I mean,
8: I feel like anytime somebody's trying to control another person, there's a motive there that's not necessarily about altruism and I feel like 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 what you're saying where it's, you know, maybe he, he was against what Jamie was trying to do, but he for sure has his own motivations and I don't think they're pure. Um, And so I just think it's kind of like what you were saying where the person that's getting screwed in all of this over and over and over again is Brittany.
4: Right, and you touch on it a a little, you say um, when she goes to have Jason be the Mm co-conservator and you you say, oh, it's just another man taking Mm -hmm. control of this woman's life would this have happened if it were like would this happen mm. to a man
7: probably not i don't think so no. i really don't think so
4: so you know is there there's some sexism definitely threaded oh. in here that no one really has touched on in yeah. the you know in your not really from, touch at all.
7: right i mean from start to finish it was sexism i mean they were sexualizing her at 17 and it yeah. was ridiculous uh-huh. as right, a kid as originally. like a
8: 10 year old or whatever yeah. with what's his name Um, Ed McMahon, was it, on Star Search? Oh, yeah. And I was like, are you (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) She's a child.
0: What was it, Justin Timberlake talking, like it was on the cover of GQ, correct? Like Mm -hmm. the the virginity being lost. Like uh, how does that happen?
7: And we haven't seen this happen to a man. I mean, we got Lindsay Lohan, we got Amanda Bynes, we have all these women in conservatorships. I can't think of any famous men that are you know famously in conservatorships so you know and we also talk about Sam Lutfi he used to work for Kevin Federline and he had reached out to Brittany's assistant at the time Kaylee and was like listen I have all this all this dirt on you meet meet me at this place in Santa Monica and he was just like so weird with her and he's like you know I know people are You know your wires are being tapped and like all this stuff, and she's like, "What?" And then he shows up a couple years later, and he's Britney's whatever manager, whatever he (laughs) is. So it was like a really weird thing from start to finish with Sam.
0: And then how do you guys think that all of a sudden Kevin Federline, like we, he's done a like you barely see him, like it's. Possible to almost get information on Kevin Federline, like even his statement, which I'm trying to find right now. Federline's family law attorney, Mark Vincent Campbell, had told E News on Monday that Federline has no involvement with regard to Britney and her attorneys asking to remove Jamie as conservator and a stayed out of the conservatorship issues. But he's never commenting. You never see him. Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? When her life is like, she can't have a second break.
7: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: don't. I was, yeah. con-
7: I was shocked. He wasn't even met like really mentioned just like their romance was. Ma- and we actually talk more about him than Justin on our show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of like, you know, screw this guy. Like he, yeah. he, he seemed so sweet at first and then it was kind of like, okay, he's yeah. a little bit of a cloud chaser, but I Very mean, he much. tried to get Jamie taken off because of an alleged altercation with their son. Yeah, he apparently got right. drunk and like had a an issue with their son. So he did try at one point, but he's kind of just faded away now. So I, I don't really
0: know. So, but is Jamie Lynn Spears now the conservative? Like I read that. So I, if she <laughs> is, why can't they get just a a somebody that's not related to her? I know. Th- I
8: mean, that seems like it would make the most sense given how convoluted this whole thing has become. Like, get Mm -hmm. an an uninvolved third party, completely neutral, to oversee this and actually assess, like, is this actually necessary? But they just keep
7: keeping it in the family. Yeah. I mean, she did recently get Bessemer Trust to Mm -hmm. be co-conservator, which is a good step. Definitely. Um, So, you know, that is kind of an outsider that's not related to her, knows her personally. But Jamie's still there. So it's like, how much can they really do with him still involved? It's so telling that, um, like, he, yeah, so, it, but he's still in charge of her
8: finances. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, how does that not scream like what his motivation is? Right. It comes down to money. He doesn't care about yeah. his daughter, he cares about her money. Yeah. And how can
0: somebody that has had a notoriously bad relationship with money able to manage? Millions yeah. and millions of dollars. Like, here's the thing. I I pay people to help me manage yeah. my small little dinky percentage of what Britney Spears makes. So yeah. Yeah. if I tried to manage it myself, it'd be a hot mess express. Like I yeah. I, I barely learned how to like balance a checking account. Like this is the situation. <laughs> like, how can he? I, it makes no sense to me. So what are your guys' oh, thoughts on her Instagram? Do you think she oh. runs it?
7: <laughs> oh my gosh how much time do you have i
4: <laughs> i mean i could talk about
7: it for i did a real deep dive i was sending arisha yes, I I was Like, like yep. zoom in like zoom in on her eyes like i went <laughs> deep and i don't think she runs it and no like way. we talked about and even recently she does these videos where she's like here's the top five questions people are asking in the comments like what's my favorite disney movie
0: no one's favorite asking color. that I checked. I looked through all of the questions. I didn't see him.
4: No, but here's no. the thing. Here's the thing that I, I, in my deep dive, I found. So in that yellow, um, she's in the yellow yeah. and she's saying, mm-hmm. what's my favorite Disney movie. Yes. yes. They, people are saying it was a response to her sister talking about her in the press. Cause she says her favorite Disney oh. movie is frozen. And the one sister goes to live in a castle to get away from it all. And yes. then her brother did an interview where he said that Brittany was such a terrible driver. And that's, you know, she doesn't matter about her not being allowed to drive because she's so terrible. And in that same clip, she says you something about, they ask her about driving or whatever. And she <laughs> goes, I've only had one speeding ticket. So people are oh. saying that she's kind of doing mm. the secret that's interesting. Retaliations to what people are saying about her in the news.
6: Ooh, I well, even, but even
4: huh. when
0: she posted the other day, like after her, um, after the documentary came out, she posted, can't believe this performance of toxic is three from three years ago. I'll always love being on stage, but I'm taking the time to learn and be a normal person. I love simply enjoying the basics of everyday life. So is she trying to justify? I, I don't under, I, that's where it doesn't make sense to me.
4: She did not write that. I don't
7: think so. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't think so. I mean, there's no way.
0: Allegedly, she's said that she refuses to go on tour or make new music as long as her father yeah. is a part yeah. of her conservatorship, correct? Yeah.
8: Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I- when she was supposed to make that announcement in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, it very much. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, fine, you're controlling every part about me. You can't physically control me from not doing this, and I'm not going to do it. So- she walked right away. I love that. I was like, (laughs) hell yeah. forget this.
0: But then if they're controlling the Instagram, they're saying what she has to say, what she has to do. I'm surprised that they're not going in there curating some perfectly fake image. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's surprising to me or, or even when she was younger and, or when she had just had her kids and she remember she got in trouble for having her, her son on her lap driving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, she knew she was going to be doing press about that. You would have thought that her people could have protected her and not that this would have made it go away or anything like that, but they could have given her some sort of response like paparazzi were stalking us. I, the baby was on my lap for two seconds so that I could get away and you know, whatever it may be, not that that's an excuse, but that's what was actually happening. But instead they prepped her with, well, when I was little in Louisiana, my dad, like, had me yeah. on his lap. You know, like, yeah. all of those things. Like, you have a mega person like, a huge pop star on your hands that's doing these huge press interviews. Why aren't you? Why aren't you helping her along the way?
7: Yeah, nobody, yeah. and we say this on our show, like, nobody was really protecting her. Yeah. I actually, I saw something online. I don't know how true this is. But when she was shaving her head and she was getting the tattoo that night, someone said that The reason paparazzi were able to get that photo, those photos, is because her security guards were like holding the blinds open. So it's like, if that's true, that's really terrible. Like, not even the people paid to protect her are protecting her. So,
0: do you think because they're trying to get the money from the paparazzi, like the security guards are getting paid off, or they're all, this is all a ploy to get the conservatorship?
7: Maybe. I mean, maybe how deep does it go? Who you knows? <laughs> you
4: know. You guys mentioned um, on your podcast that Lynn, when she came over to Brittany's house at one point, mm-hmm. um, she clocked Brittany talking like in yeah. a high-pitched little girl mm-hmm. voice, which is kind of, and she said maybe it was because she was drugged. Right. Yeah. Like allegedly maybe it was because she was drugged. And that's kind of what Brittany's voice is like when she does her yeah, Instagram yeah. videos mm-hmm. now, right? Like she kind of has this like, high pitched, almost like little girl voice. I just thought it was a weird kind of parallel that I, it it hit me in my head listening when you guys were talking about it, like, Oh, that's kind of what she sounds like right now. It doesn't sound like her. Yeah. So. that's I went back
7: to like posts from like three years ago because I have way too much time on my hands (laughs) and you can even, even back then, I mean, she was still in the conservatorship and things were kind of weird but even then her voice is different and she's different, even three years ago. Yeah. So it's weird to see the comparison to her posts now. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like her at all, yeah. not even a little bit. I mean, I don't think anybody, you know, is holding
8: up her phone, recording her Instagram story with a gun to her being like, you have to say X, Y, and Z. But Mm -hmm. I get the feeling that everything she wants to post has to be approved. And basically the only things that people are letting her post are these like very, very like fluff pieces of dancing in her living room and pointing out where the remote control is in her for her TV, things like that, which is super innocuous and not going to raise any kind of feathers. And it's giving the illusion that she's got control. But I really don't think she does.
4: Right. Uh, One of the things that her fans I saw were clocking was in one of a recent video from the past few weeks. Brittany says, I heard you guys really liked when I did this. And her fans are like, okay, so who told uh, evidently the person that's actually running your Instagram told you this. And so they were like, is she she saying this on purpose? Like, is that language purpose? Like tell everybody.
0: But then if you're in a relationship with Brittany, like, OK, so, for example, restaurants are opened up here. If mm-hmm. she wanted to go out to dinner tonight with Sam, is she able to?
8: Not as we understand it. She has I'm, to get permission. Yeah, I mean, like they she did just couldn't go, go even, on
7: vacation. I so mean, was, at one
8: point I remember I don't know if this actually ended up in the um, in an episode, but we talked about how she had to like clear what she was getting on room service. So it's yeah. like so I don't like if she's going to a restaurant, she's gotten permission to do that.
7: Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys know Heather McCann? She's a comedian. She's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> she has a whole thing on Instagram about Britney and she she was like any fans that had gone to a show, reach out to me and tell me what that was like. And somebody that worked at Planet Hollywood was like she would call down to order lunch and we had to literally just approve her food with her dad. And I'm like like she can't even order a salad without approval from her dad and like some fans were like she just seemed very uncomfortable she didn't want to be there at the meet and greet and
0: I mean I had the same experience in Vegas that I was like with a company thing and they did like a meet and greet after Mm -hmm. and it's like she is completely it's it's not like I've I've been to a bunch of meet and greets where like you know you can tell sometimes when the artist is like oh great I just did a huge show and now I have to like Go shake a million people's hands, which would never happen these days. But, like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even that. She didn't seem upset that she had to do it, she just didn't seem there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just seemed like she was going through the motions and it was like really sad and hard to watch. And especially because like, I remember when I I think I was like in eighth grade and we went to Disney and she was the performer. It was like grad night from eighth grade or whatever (laughs) it is that we did. (laughs) And like, she would have us everybody backstage. It was so like, she was just like the life of the party and so kind and wanting to give advice and like to all these kids and like that really You could feel the life in her excited Mm -hmm. to share her journey with others. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like gone.
7: Even in the interviews in the documentary, like Mm -hmm. the ones early on, she's just having fun and she's like laughing and she brushes off the dumb comments about her boobs and like her virginity Mm -hmm. and all that Mm -hmm. stuff to now or like even the later interviews. And she's just, you can just, she's just broken. You can just see it. It's really sad. That
8: scene in the restaurant when she's like, she goes oh. in the restaurant and just i mean it's like i back when we could go into restaurants the imagine like imagine you're you just you just want to go to a restaurant you might not be having a good day you want to eat f- good food and you've got yeah. 30 cameras just in your face and i just oh uh,
7: my heart broke for her that was that was hard yeah. to watch and she do not even want to eat in front no. of a boyfriend at first let alone <laughs> <laughs> 10 paparazzi yeah. my yeah. god
0: well also so, uh, there was like um on, I watched a clip on Watch What Happens Live about Zoe Saldana. Somebody had called yes. in and said, um, yes. "You know what? I, I forget what the actual question was that they asked her, but it was something negative about Britney." Like, mm. and Zoe's response was like so elegant. She's like, "You know, I think what you said is actually mean. Britney was the first pop star that." rose, like she was able to rise without putting other people down. She yeah. never had feuds. She never Mm-mm. put anybody Mm-mm. down. Like she is an inspiration yeah, that yeah. like we created all of this for her.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Good for Zoe. I
0: yeah. was like, yes. <laughs> yes. I forgot I I what the actual question was, but it was like super shady. And, but yeah. it was definitely a different time where anything could be you know. asked to anybody, especially a 17 year old kid. Yeah,
4: it's gross. We know why it took Lynn so long to get involved.
7: I don't know. I still wonder why Lynn's not
0: more involved.
7: Yeah. Like she seems to care from, I mean. I, my seen. guess is she's
0: scared of Jamie. Yeah, it wouldn't I mean, think me. about it. It's, you know, if her daughter's one request after buying the house was that, you know, my dad can't live there. Yeah. And mm. It must not, it can't be a good situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was years ago. Yeah.
7: Yeah. I know they were on okay terms for a while. Like they both show up at her house. We talk about that on the show. And then I I don't know. I think she probably sees him for who he is. And she probably and like Jamie Lynn, her sister, doesn't really say anything either. Like she'll comment like hearts and roses on her Instagram. But like, (laughs) why aren't you at her gate with like a cape and night goggles like trying to get her out yeah. of like what are you doing <laughs> well,
0: what what happens next do you guys think I saw on like the free Britney Instagram that she, uh, she may be coming up with her own documentary to tell her own story and that's allegedly what's going to happen next but like what do you guys think like what's your what are you predicting
8: it's going to be hard <laughs> if if she does come out with a documentary it's going to be hard to believe it unless it's basically her right. being like yeah listen like i'm free like i've been let go of this terrible conservatorship because i mean it just everything about her for the last god how long has it been now five ten years has been oh very 12. carefully curated yeah it's been
0: a but long you time you say that very carefully curated but then it's not that's the part i, know. I can't understand <laughs> I know. it's a really a sh- like it really it's is. like we say carefully curated because it's controlling but yeah. carefully curated is when you go on like a glossy instagram and everything's filtered and everything is like right. this same perfect color perfect life <laughs> Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Everything's a, like golden hue, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like,
8: But like, I don't know. You know. I, this might be like a conspiracy theorist in me. I, that I would never believe a glossy Instagram. Like right. this is me neither. Yes. And so it's like, I feel like, especially like now with all the technology at our fingertips, we can truly like create something that ha- isn't true at all and make it seem like it's accurate, That it feels like it's just, it's just this side of like not perfect where it's like, hmm, this could be her, but then all of these other things, and maybe we're all crazy, and maybe we truly, <laughs> she actually is fine, and we're seeing things that aren't there, but it's one of those things where it's like, we're not hurting anybody. Like, we're trying to help her if she needs help, and if it comes out that she actually never needed help, then we'll go on our days. But for right now, I feel like we're helping, a, we're giving a voice to somebody who doesn't have the voice she deserves.
7: hmm right, Yeah. And and have you guys noticed
0: how many celebrities have come forward since the documentary supporting her? I mean, Grant, we're talking about it right now, post-documentary. But, like, what does it take? I mean, we've known about this for 10 years.
7: Yeah. I think this is what it takes. I think we're getting there. More people talking about it is good. And, like, Britney fans and diehards have been talking about it for years. Yeah. But there's still people that are like, oh, you guys are just conspiracy theorists. Just stop, you know? But... Sadly, I think it takes some celebrities and some people with some followings and the New York Times to say, hey, there really is something going on. And mm. even her last trial, there was some progress. And, you know, the judge didn't say, nope, this conservatorship is never ending. She's just said, I'm not removing Jamie right now. So I think I'm optimistic that some steps are being made. And I, I, think I mean, she might get out of it at-
8: Yeah. And if you look at what conservatorships are traditionally used for, she is a grown woman who, whether or not she has, you know, mental illness that needs to be treated, that should not be what requires somebody to be under any kind of conservatorship. Like so many people Mm -hmm. out there are fine. And so it's one of those things where maybe for whatever reason she truly did, you know, we don't know, we don't know what her health records are. We don't know what went on in that court specifically, but I, I would be hard pressed to believe somebody who you know, is in, is in a f- full grown adult, functioning adult needs to be controlled in this way. She's not a seven year old. So why mm. are we still treating her like one?
0: Well, oh. even the lawyer in the film that stepped in for a little bit, he was yeah. like, she was completely capable yeah. of having these conversations with yeah. me. I, she yeah. knew answers. She was smart. She's bright. Like there's absolutely no reason for the level yeah. of control that's going on.
4: And yeah. you guys say it in your podcast. I mean, they're saying, oh, she's like just incapacitated beyond belief. Yet, yeah. oh, wait, she can tour she, her. Right. Off. Yeah, exactly. She can just perform <laughs> Come on. Right after night. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't okay. know. uh Can we just <laughs> ask I, uh, your uh, favorite Britney song?
7: Ooh. Oh. Every time. Every time yeah. is my favorite one.
8: Every it time likes. with Lucky is a close second. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. mine. I
6: get a lot of
8: crap for that because. People lucky. Them. I love lucky.
7: Really? Oh come
8: on! It's so
7: it. fun. Those two are on our like '90s playlists Every time yeah. Rich and I go somewhere, yeah. <laughs> like 100%. those
0: are our big too. and
4: on repeat.
0: Yeah. Matt, what's your favorite?
4: Lu- I love Lucky, lucky. so much. It's so I think good. it's such a great song. And you know, I'm not a girl, not yet. A Wait, woman. you're not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is a good one. Oh.
7: Mm, yeah.
0: I, I I've got to say I kind of love every Britney. I love all I, the different eras of Britney. So, like, yeah. I I don't have a problem with any Britney song. No, you even, can't go wrong. Like even "Give Me More," I'm I'm I would <laughs> like love it.
4: Well, you <laughs> yeah. absolutely should. Blackout is yeah, her best course. album, but this is a whole other. <laughs> theme. The only song she can keep is "If You Seek Amy" for me. I don't. Oh.
8: I can't. Yeah. Oh man, I, I remember I that came that out. Song. Yeah, guys, we really,
0: that. we were caught slipping because if we really would have thought this through, we all should have come in different Britney eras <gasps> oh, and dressed yes. as Britney. Oh, wow. But now this gives us an opportunity to talk about this more yeah. and we find
7: out more information. Yeah. When her dot comes out, we'll all dress up for the <laughs> perfect. <next> one. <laughs> I'll give us some time.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys yeah. so much for joining us. How really does everybody cool. find you? Give us the deets.
7: We are everywhere you
8: listen
0: to podcasts. Yep. even rich yep Yep.
8: we're doing the kardashians right now and second episode drops on tuesday
0: any little tidbits you want to leave us with
8: about about kardashians oh boy where to start just (laughs) one one
0: liner
7: to draw us in well we start off talking about chris and how she became this like master momager and her like childhood so that's really interesting i didn't know a lot about chris yeah. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on, let me get the pin. Okay. This me in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Thanks, thank Teddy. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Bye, Bye. Bye. All right. I know we had to take a little break. Um, we'll come back and talk a little hilaria, close out, and uh, be right back. but be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long.
1: So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFun Women grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What? 351-0300 and follow the climbing in heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast.
1: Do you want $0 delivery fees? Try DashPass
0: by DoorDash. You won't regret it. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, groceries from across town or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member, subject to change. Terms apply.
1: Hi, it's Tamara Judge, co-owner of Vena CBD, where our mission is your health and wellness. At Vena, we understand life's daily challenges, and that's why we offer a range of CBD products designed to help you find balance and feel your best. Whether you're struggling with stress, sleep, or just looking for a daily wellness boost, we've got you covered. If you struggle getting a good night's sleep like me, listen up. I started sleeping better right away when I started taking Lights Out Sleep Gummies before bed. Our best sellers, like the Cloud 9 Mood Enhancing Gummy and our Lights Out Sleep Gummy, are made with the highest quality of ingredients, grown right here in the USA, ensuring that you get all the benefits without any compromise. And we stand by our products. Not only are they third-party tested for quality, but we also offer a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Experience the difference with Vena CBD and take the first step towards a more balanced you. Visit venacbd.com today and explore our range of products. And for our podcast listeners, enjoy an exclusive discount on your first order. Just use the code Teapot T-E-A-P-O-D, at checkout for buy one, get one free.
0: Matt, like, I don't think I'm even done with the Britney conversation. Like, there's so much more I need to know. Like, how, how are we going to you're going to get so many more texts?
4: I listen. But there's one other mystery <laughs> that I just was thinking of. They named their first daughter Brittany, but then they named their second daughter a combination of the two. Jamie and Lynn named their second daughter after both of themselves. <gasps> it's just it's a little weird for me
0: <laughs> what do you mean my Dean next child is Dean. going to be teddy edwin
4: oh boy <laughs>
0: <laughs> better than dove. Think but, of you know. that. <laughs> i can't with you in the dub like honestly it's a really great name even katie perry chose it after i did <clears throat> just saying anyways i guess we have to well... close out with a little hilaria conversation so a couple of weeks ago, Hilaria began trending on Twitter as a social media user and journalist Tracy Morrissey dug into her past, alleging that she fabricated Spanish roots after being born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. So then she was like silent on the gram. You didn't hear anything. You know, you saw Alec kind of fighting her battles a little bit. DMing people back, whatnot, or messaging people back allegedly. But then, did you see the original apology that was posted after a month of learning?
4: <laughs> I did.
0: Okay, so I'm just gonna read learning
4: and listening. Listen. Well, I'm gonna,
0: I'm just gonna say one thing about this. And listen, everybody makes mistakes. I get it, I have, I live mistakes myself. That being said, here's her actual apology. I've spent the last month listening, reflecting, and asking myself how I can learn and grow. My parents raised my brother and me with two cultures, American and Spanish, and I feel a true sense of belonging to both. The way I've spoken about myself and my deep connection to two cultures could have been better explained. I should have been more clear, and I'm sorry. I'm proud of the way I was raised, and we're raising our children to share the same love and respect for both being vulnerable and pushing ourselves to learn and grow is what we've built our community on. And I hope that we get back to the supportive and kind environment we've built together. Okay. So I understand that she is apologetic. She wants things to go back to normal. I, I feel it. The problem is that's not actually telling us anything, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. So as white people, we have a responsibility to kind of not, especially now, we can't appropriate anything, right? White people, have there's a long history of, of white people taking other people's cultures and, and passing it off as us being original, right? So that's where she should have come out and said, listen, I'm sorry, I was raised in Boston. I love this culture and I did it mean to offend anybody or steal jobs from anybody and this and that, but that's not what she's doing. She kind of doubled down on, Oh, I, but this was my culture going up and I, I own it. So that I think is where the issue lies with a lot of people, right? Is,
0: But this statement probably took a month to curate. So why post it and then delete it? There was no commenting on it anyway, but like why post it and then delete it? If you've already probably worked on it for a very long time.
4: Um, it probably didn't get the reaction that that they were hoping for, right? Her people or whoever. Uh, uh, someone had to agree to let her post that. I'm assuming her PR people or her crisis management or whoever was involved said, yes, go ahead post it.
0: Well, bad on me because I do you follow not skinny, but not fat? No. So she goes down so many rabbit holes about everything, but she posted I had seen her post first and I thought it was actually Hilaria's apology and it's, it's actually pretty great. Hey guys, I've been doing a lot of thinking first and foremost, I want to apologize to anyone I've offended with my inauthenticity over the years. I know I have to delve deep and figure out why I felt like the real me wasn't enough. Why I had to pretend to be someone I am not, adapt a culture that I simply and truly am not a part of, although I love it very much. I hope you will find it in your heart to forgive me as I try to move forward, work on myself, and make up for years of taking opportunities away from real Spanish women who I am, in a, whom I am admire. And I was like, amazing, right.
4: she like that, but that's damn it. but yeah, she's what she should have said is basically, I appropriated this. It's I'm truly like sorry, and I but I think that's all that needs to be said. I feel like with that's quality, all that needs just to be said. It. Yeah, like.
0: This, uh, it's just, it's just so hard because nobody wants, nobody wants any of this, but sometimes it's just so hard to just, I guess, I don't know, take ownership and apologize. But either way, now that it's been deleted, now that there was something posted, it's going to create all of this additional buzz and conversation. Whereas, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a hot mess.
4: Well, I mean, how long did she have it out there for? not very long
0: a day enough enough. if you you put something out there for two hours like people are going to see it it's going to be posted you were able to send it to me last night when i couldn't find it
4: right because it's uh, i mean the press picked it up that's my point where does she go from here is 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 the thing like she she has a, a cushy life i'm sure as it is the apology just didn't feel genuine it's not what people needed to hear and do you, it, obviously she didn't learn her lesson because look, if you're on, it's, you're not even, it's more than appropriated culture, what she did. Right. Cause there's her, she's on film saying she doesn't know what a cucumber is, right. which is like, I, I, know. I it's, know it's, it's, a, it's a little more,
0: well, I, I, I hate that we're out of time because honestly, Matt and I, it's. It's a situation how much time is spent going back and forth talking about these topics, trying to understand. And like, we don't even come at it from a place of like, we just need to know all the details on everything. I don't know what that is about us, but I am so grateful for you, Matt, that we can do this together, even though sometimes you've been recommending documentaries to me that you haven't watched yet. So I find that a little bit shady.
4: Uh, I was just trying to help you out. In your lull of television necessities. Uh, the you Hotel can't Cecil, say
0: I recommend this and you've never watched it. It's just the rules.
4: The Hotel Cecil documentary is out though. It's very good to all the listeners out there. We started it last night.
0: Well, I will start it tonight. But thanks you guys for joining us. Thanks, Matt. And uh, you guys send in any questions that you have to Teddy Teapot, and I'll talk to you soon. Mwah.
7: Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.